Greetings! Welcome to Film Gazers, a podcast focusing on the science fiction, horror, fantasy, trinity, and 20th century entertainment. I'm Steph. I'm Jess. We're cousins slash besties. Join us as we reminisce, discuss, and review films from our childhood. So, we are continuing with Comfy Cozy Season. Heartwarming, wholesome movies. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So far, we have done Practical Magic. And then we also did Beautician and the Beast. Mm -hmm. Already, I feel like there's a pattern of kind of like whimsical fairy tales. Yeah. Um, Uh, And that takes place outside the U.S. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Yes, yes, mostly. Um, I mean, Practical Magic was in the U.S., but it had a very uh, beautiful location. Yeah. um, In uh, Washington. Yeah, that that fancy island we had talked about. Right, right. So, uh... It was still kind of outside because it was an island. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it still f- felt, um, exotic and right. new. Right, <laughs> an exotic locale. <laughs> um, yeah, so there's definitely been a trend. So that's been fun. Um, yeah, so that's what we've been, uh, doing so far. I'm sure people are like, why aren't you doing, like, holiday movies right now? But to me, this is uh, kind of a break from some of the oversaturation that I feel like, you know, you get. That and, like, even this year, um, <clears throat> I guess because I've watched throughout the years, I do my rotation mm-hmm. of, you know, Christmas, holiday, whatever movies, that this year I'm like, ugh. I kind of have felt... I kind of exhausted myself on them, you know? Totally. And even, um, I would say, within the last five years. So I have been really overloading on the the quick Christmas, like, run-of-the-mill yeah. <laughs> uh, Christmas movies. Um, so, yeah. So I, uh, I agree with you there. I feel like a little tired. I've just exhausted the supply, yeah, I think. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Like, I still watched um, Jim Carrey's The Grinch, because that is my favorite. I did plan still watching that one, too, I this start, year. And I did watch um, Scrooged. It's been oh maybe a year since I had watched that. Yeah, I watched that one a couple of years ago. I put it in the rotation, because I, I enjoy that one a lot. That's one of my favorite Christmas Carol mm-hmm. movies. Yeah, this year I think I'm going to go more... Um, like I said, more uh, more of how the season makes me feel. Mm, yeah, like seasonally, right. not necessarily Christmassy. Right, just a seasonal, like yeah. wintery. Yeah, wintery. Yeah, escapism. Yeah. Yes, yeah, escapism. <laughs> yeah, I want some wintery escapism because we also live in Florida, so I'm just enjoying anything where it seems like they have you know more than one season. Yeah, <laughs> I want some snow because as we're recording this, it is basically like 76 degrees. It's a balmy 76. Mm-hmm. A balmy. Yeah, that's right. It is. It's balmy. It's so it makes it feel clammy gross it's gross (laughs) and i hate it especially for it to be december right but um what have you been watching um i cannot stop watching er right now (laughs) um i had an er phase in high school yeah and i have realized george clooney is really not that good of an actor (laughs) (laughs) he's he's always george he's always george clooney the looking from up, looks up at his eyebrows, you know? <laughs> um, <laughs> he does the, well, I don't know what you... I don't know. It's <laughs> it's George Clooney. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was like, oh, he's not... I was like, to me, the standout is Anthony Edwards. Like, he's solid in that show still. And he is so cute. 
He was the one I had a crush on back when ER was on in like, you know, 96. Yes. I was like, oh, he's the cute one. And I still, I still stand by that. But I've been watching um, that. Like I said, I'm, I'm, I can't stop. And I haven't watched it since it, I watched it in the 90s. Oh, so yeah. it's I don't basically think, all new to me. I don't think I have either. That mm. might be one. Yeah, maybe that should be one I, I pick up um, for a good old rewatch. <laughs> and it's good. I didn't realize how long it was on for. 15 seasons. Forever, yeah. 2009. Like 94 to 2009. That's insane to me. Dang, yeah. Because I stopped hearing about it, I think, after, like, 98, I thought. Really? Like, no. I didn't think it was on that long. Like I said, when I watched it, I was in high school, so that was, like, 2003 to 2006 Oh, I just time I watched. you were watching, like, reruns, I guess. Not, no, like, I was from... watching the NBC primetime yeah. Thursday <laughs> night or whatever yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, so I've been watching that and uh, White Lotus. The, the um, show you were mad about. The show I was mad about because, I mean, it still comes out every week and me and my mom were like, oh, why not? It's new. It's a okay. new show. We're both yeah, like, eh. kind of gives mean, you. It does have some very graphic sexual <laughs> content on there. Which is great to watch with your it's mother. Very, <laughs> it's a very wholesome show to watch with your mother <laughs> on Sunday nights. <laughs> <laughs> the White Lotus is our church. <laughs> Yeah, the last episode we watched, we were both, like, little shell-shocked, like, whoa, some things you just can't unsee. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Yeah, so we're still kind of like, I don't know, I don't know how I feel about this show yet. So we had our uh, movie night, and it was my turn, so I picked out Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. I haven't heard of that. It uh, came out this year. It had Pete Davidson in it. Uh, good old butthole eyes. <laughs> Cracks me up every time. Every time. <laughs> I'll never forget that set of tweets or whatever it was with him calling him butthole eyes. Butthole eyes. It's funnier when you say butthole. Butthole eyes. <laughs> but um, it had him, a uh, very young cast, uh, it was very Gen Z. Okay. And I, I, I fear that I may sound too old, like uh, even discussing oh no. this movie or like out of touch. Like I get what they were, I get the concept. It was really actually cute and funny. Like it's kind of a comedy horror, but I expected a little more comedy or it, the comedy to be a little more over the top. It's, it's almost like a, they were doing a satire on the Gen Z generation, kind of how they talk and, you know, the the woke, you know, aspect and everything like that mixed into, like, all the men in it are extremely older, you know, and they look obviously older than, oh. like, the teenage girls, but they're all supposed to be these, like, young 20-somethings. Oh, like, see, yeah. You know, so it had, like, a very, like, I guess maybe tongue-in-cheek kind of sense of humor, and I did like it. It's just, it was only a 90-something minute movie, and mm-hmm. that's why I even picked it out, because uh, it was later last night, um, Andrew had to work late. Yeah, so I didn't want to be spending like three hours on some movie. Right. <laughs> like on that. some movie. <laughs> on some movie <laughs> <laughs> that I'm sure would be good, but I wasn't going to appreciate, you know? Because there's a few that are out that I really do want to see, but they're like two hour plus. And I'm like, I just didn't have it in me last night. Like, so it's going to be like a Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, I want a fun Friday night, like horror movie that's supposed to be a comedy. Great. 
And uh, it just, though, it felt like it was two hours long. Oh. Because of just how much dialogue they kind of shift into. But again, I felt like they should have been either a little more over the top or, or something to kind of really hit the, the comedy note, more, more for me anyway. Um, but overall, the ending was funny. The last line of the film is really stupid, though. Oh, um, oh I guess we can't say. Spoiler. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's no, it's like, oh, I have reception now. Or something like, you know, about their phones. So, but I don't know. I, and we guess the ending, like, a good one third of the way through, like after the, the initial, like the two, you get two body counts basically. And I'm like, Oh, okay. I see where they're going with this. So it like I said, fun concept, but, um, overall, I don't know if I could still recommend it. <laughs> like you would, you have to be like <laughs> someone our age and older. I don't know if I could recommend it to them. Like a younger person, I would say they definitely need to watch it once, like yeah. kind of thing. But I like older our age, people. Yeah, not. <laughs> like I don't know if I could recommend it because some of it even. But you know thing. why? Because at our age, time is precious. <laughs> we don't waste it on no bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I want to get yeah. done with the movie and be like, "What the fuck." And that's pretty much this one. You're like, oh, okay, I get it. Like, oh, uh, golf so, clap. Yeah, oh, we, we get what you were trying to do. Congratulations. <laughs> like, like, pat someone on the head like you're being, like, condescending. Right. Like, and you don't want to feel that way, but you kind of do with, uh, uh, <laughs> so, so Andrew's response, because he said he was waiting. He was like, oh, I wanted to wait till the end for you to ask me what I thought about it. Because it's usually what we'll do, you know, after we watch the movie. Yeah. Oh, what what'd you think? You know? And, um, discuss, discuss, discuss. <laughs> and Andrews said that he already decided he was going to tell me, and this was going to be just his response was, it's no dances with wolves. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, well, no shit. <laughs> he's like, he's like, I really wanted to sound like complete boomer. <laughs> and, and, and he was like, and this movie was just so blatantly and glaringly for the younger generation, you know, um, <laughs> that we just felt pretty removed. Like we are not the audience for this, like, <laughs> but again, it was funny. It was like a commentary a little bit. Um, it really wasn't a horror movie though. I feel like it's good means. to watch those kind of movies though, just so you know what's going on. Right. So you're not out of touch. So you can be like, oh, okay, this is how. Exactly. And it was very, like I said, I love the concept. And then other than that, uh, we've also been watching Chainsaw Man, which is an anime. Mm, where okay. he's a guy who makes a, a deal with a, the chainsaw demon. And then he can turn into a chainsaw man. <laughs> so with that, that's what we've been uh, up to. Be bopping around. So in this episode, we watched 2000's Chocolats. Chocolat. It was released December 22nd, 2000. A good Christmas winter movie, actually. Yeah. Um, its running time was uh, 121 minutes. I do apologize. I forgot this was a two-hour long movie. I know. <laughs> when, I was like, ugh. When I had uh, suggested it. Because I watched it last night, and I almost forgot to watch it. Because I thought I was just coming over here to record I don't know what. <laughs> It was like 7 30 and I was like, oh fuck! What? Okay. Go a chocolate! 
And then when I was like, shit, it's two hours. <laughs> oh, no, you're going to be up till 9.30. <laughs> that only gives me like two hours after to watch ER. <laughs> Directed by Lassie Hallstrom. Lassie. <laughs> I hope that's how you say it. Hallstrom. Or Lassie, maybe. Uh, screenplay by Robert Nelson Jacobs. It was based on the book Chocolat Ooh. by uh, Joanne Harris. I, another one where I'm like, I want to read the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was produced by David Brown and Leslie Holleran. Holler! <laughs> it was starring uh, Juliette Benoche. Looks like Brioche. Brioche, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Judy Dench, the dame. I know herself. I didn't realize she was in this. In the flesh. Oh yeah, I love. Her. I mean, I forgot she was in this. I guess. Alfred Molina, Doc Ock yeah, that's <laughs> himself. It. Okay. Uh, Lena Olin, Johnny Depp, Carrie Ann Moss, Peter Stormare, John Wood, and Leslie Karen. Cinematography by Roger Pratt. It was edited by <laughs> Andrew Monsheen. Music by Rachel Portman. And uh, this actually did pretty well. Hmm. The budget was $25 million and the box office was $152.7 million. No, I remember when it came out, like, everybody loved it. I did not. <laughs> <laughs> yes, in 2000, I was 13. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for me, this was one that I enjoyed even then. Um, uh, when we actually get into it, I, I'll get into that a little more. Um, but one of the fun facts was, despite this box office and everything, uh, it did well in America. Um, it did not do so well in France. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, it is the only um, Best Picture Oscar nominee that year that did not win any Academy Awards. Mm. So it did have nominations, um, but it didn't win shit. But they said nah. Mm-hmm. So really it was more of just a uh, an audience favorite kind of thing. But critically, it was just whatever. Mm. <laughs> no one it was seemed just to, whatever. Yeah, I care too, too much. Uh, the director, uh, Lassie Hallstrom, is uh, married to Lena Olin, and she played uh, Josephine. Mm-hmm. Uh, Juliette Binoche did go uh, to a chocolate shop in Paris to learn how to make some chocolates. Um, some that she made were even used in the festival scene. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, so she, she did her research. Yeah. Um, the Village... <laughs> <laughs> oh, good luck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I took French in sixth grade in the year 2000, actually. So this might... In the year 2000. But it was only like one of those like six-week things. You know, it was like a, like a rotation. Right. Uh, the elective rotation. So you learned oui, bonjour. Mm-hmm. Je m'appelle. <laughs> uh, that was about it <laughs> that I can remember now. Uh, but it was called... <laughs> I don't know if I should try. I think you should try. Or if I should just really southern it. (laughs) Um, Okay, this is me trying. Flagini sor azarain. Okay. (laughs) Or flagini sor azarain. With its 370 inhabitants, became part of the movie. Um, 250 people from the area were recruited as extras. 
And I'm like, really? Because there didn't seem like there were that many no. people in this movie. It seemed like there was like 12. <laughs> yeah, so the, the population, they were informed daily. Like, So that was, was a real village? It was a real village. It didn't even look real. It looked no. like it was zooming into like a... Uh, a bottle? A model. And that's where this another fun fact comes in. When it is zooming out in the village at the end credits... You can see a person, like, walking. Like, that was real because the director did want people to be like, no, this is a real place. It wasn't a miniature. Why did it look so fake, then? Because it's just that kind of... You don't imagine places like that to be real. I mean, it was beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah, like, the countryside outside. But Mm -hmm. my only thing was, when you're in a village like that, I'd be like, oh, no, I need to be outside of town sometimes. Like, you'd have to walk really far to get to, like... Nature. Yeah. Like, there's still... It's almost like an urban area in the village. Yeah, Yeah, like, very stonewalled everywhere. I thought the same exact thing. I was like, ooh, I'd be a little closed in (laughs) in there. It feels claustrophobic, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. And I... I'd have to be on the edge or the outskirts. I feel like, though, that suited the tone of this movie for this town at that time. Yeah, because they were a little stonewalled. Yes, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, Johnny Depp um, does play guitar uh, in three scenes... And oh, that's he, right. He really plays guitar. And he really does play guitar. So he actually did two songs on the soundtrack, the first and last oh, track. dreamy. Uh, another thing with Johnny in this, <laughs> according to the DVD commentary, um, he doesn't even like good chocolate. He likes the cheap old Easter bunny type. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Stephanie said when she was typing this, of course you do, you son of a bitch. <laughs> As we mentioned, critically, it didn't get much recognition, um, but it was pretty popular with audiences. Uh, So some of the reviews at the time, (laughs) there were, uh, again, even stark differences uh, between reviewers even then. Dennis Lim from The Village Voice criticized the film for its condescending, self-congratulatory attack on provincial sanctimony. He called chocolates an airy pseudo folkloric gibberish at best. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> shots fired. Oh. So, but I mean, yeah, that's kind of what it is, but it had whimsy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was, I enjoyed it more this time around than I ever did. I think I only watched it one other time. Yeah. I was like so against this movie. I'm very like, glad to hear you say that. Yeah. But this time I was like, oh, I get it. Like, I can see why people enjoy this movie yeah and that goes along the lines with um another reviewer at the time uh, named lowenstein found that hallstrom couldn't have asked for a better cast to embody those themes um likewise his production team has done an exquisite job of giving life to robert nelson jacobs um script uh they believe it was a richly textured comic fable that blends old world wisdom with a winking timely commentary on uh the assumed moral superiority Superiority. (laughs) The moral superiority (laughs) of the political right. (laughs) Uh, Mick LaSalle of the Los Angeles Times remarked that the film was a delectable as its title, but for all its sensuality, it is ultimately concerned with the spirit. So, again, it it had mixed reviews even then. Some people appreciated the little bit of charm. Some people found it, I guess, a little too saccharine in that respect. Mm. (laughs) So with that, um, Jess is going to take it away with the you Googled summary. (laughs) (laughs) 
when mysterious Vianne and her child arrive in a tranquil French town in the winter of 1959, no one could have imagined the impact that she and her spirited daughter would have on the community stubbornly rooted in tradition. Within days, she opens an unusual chocolate shop across the square from the church. Her ability to perceive her customers' desires and satisfy them with just the right confection coaxes the villagers to abandon themselves to temptation just as Lent begins. mentioned some of your earliest memories of this film you did not like it no um it took me a while to watch it even um i don't think i watched it until i was in my 20s because when it came out everybody made a big deal about it and i was like ugh, whatever stupid romance movie you know and i i was talking about this earlier with you um i don't like movies that make me pronounce things in an accent <laughs> or like it's a French word so I have to pronounce it a certain way you know instead of saying chocolate I have to say chocolat <laughs> and I don't like that because I feel like I have anxiety and I'm gonna mess the word up and then I'm gonna look stupid <laughs> yeah. you know just like les miserables <laughs> <laughs> that's what you just call it les mis that's what I called it yeah I would never just <laughs> you avoid that or I would say les, les miserables or whatever you know either way I'm gonna fuck it up so I don't like I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like that aspect of it at all. <laughs> and then um, when I finally did watch it, I didn't like it because I was like, oh, it's fucking boring. And I was like, they have Johnny Depp on the cover. He's like, you know, he's barely like he's, in it. He's barely in it. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that's bullshit too, because you know how much I love Johnny Depp. You were obsessed. I was when obsessed you were with Johnny Depp. Yeah. So, so for this, this was just a giant disappointment. It, yeah, it was a total like letdown that he wasn't more involved. <laughs> exactly. I was like, he didn't even come into like an hour and a half into the movie, <laughs> and then I noticed on the subtitle, I mean the credits, and it says and Johnny Depp, and I was like, uh, that's how they get you. That's how they get you. <laughs> <laughs> and then parents buy is what it should have said. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Uh, that's funny. So that was my uh, rememberies. I saw this movie probably right around when it came out. I want to say maybe more around 2001 because I believe that would have been when it came on. Uh... VHS. Yes. <laughs> because I had this on VHS. <laughs> And my mom had, a, uh, of course, you know, it was a movie that adult women would like, you know. <laughs> um, again, I must have been like 13 or 14 when I saw it. Uh, but for me, it did resonate with me even then. Not necessarily because of the love story, um, but I liked, again, that it was kind of like a, a fairy tale, you know, mm -hmm. if you will. And that the also... The magic chocolate shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and also I liked... Um, I was leaving the Catholic Church at that time. Mm. So for me, this movie resonated with me of like recognizing. Not everybody has to go to church. Yes, exactly. So to me, this was, yeah, like an important movie for me to see at that time. Like I said, not because of the romance or, you know, any of that um, or the whimsy, but straight up like, oh, 
you cannot go to church and it's okay. Right. And also kind of like seeing, because I was recognizing how oppressive that I thought the church was Mm -hmm. and organized religion, you know, like in in a whole of, of like the village mentality and how, you know, all of that. And they came together like that, um, to ostracize this person, but in the same breath, you know, like the church Mm -hmm. is supposed to be, Inclusive. Yeah, and, like, so for me, that's what this movie, like, <laughs> represented really at that resonated time. resonated with that. Yeah, really resonated with me, which seems, like, very serious. Well, at us. 13, especially. But, yeah, at, like, 13, 14. That's an impressionable time for... And you're finally, like, coming to terms with your own, like, religious and spiritual, like, path. Yeah. <laughs> that's a big deal at that age. Yeah, yeah so sure. it was. So it was a big deal, and, um... Yeah, so for me, this uh, this movie actually helped me on uh, my way to knowing that it was okay. I didn't have to go to church. All right, moving along from our memories of this lovely little film, let's get into it, shall we? We shall. The intro music sounds just like Beauty and the Beast. Which is... Okay with me. Yes, but like specifically, like the B scenes, like the very like. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. So immediately, I'm like, oh yeah, I love the soundtrack of this movie. <laughs> and it opens up with uh, the village that we've already talked about, how quaint and cute it is, and the French um, countryside. Oh, and that French countryside, though. I mean. Instantly, you get cozy vibes, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. I told you. I told you this. I was like, every time I see anything like rolling green hills like that, I just want to run and sing. The hills are alive. Yes. Yes. In my life, I will. We are introduced that, yes, this is going to be a very uh, traditional Catholic town. Um, Cobblestone Street. Yes. And it's in uh, 1959. Mm-hmm. So it's sometime after the war. 15 years, they yes. said. This is when we get the narration a little bit, which, uh, just to spoil it, might as well. We realize that the narrator later is, is the, the little daughter. girl, the yeah. daughter. Um, but they always say a sly wind blew in from the north. Yeah. Which I, I enjoy that. That kind of... Um, that makes it more of like the fairy tale. Exactly. Aspect of it. Yeah. And it's like fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, I believe as someone um, also put, when I was reading through like old reviews, uh, people called it like an art house movie for people who don't like art house movies. Yeah. And I, I thought that was a good description. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So a mainstream I'm, art house movie. Yes, exactly. And it's not too much, but it has that's, those fantastic. Totally my vibe. Exactly. <laughs> Like, I like a little bit of the fantastical elements and, yeah, that art housey kind of feel mm. without it being uh, too pretentious. Yeah. Uh, and they roll up in the red capes. Yeah. And for me, this is why even, like I said, with my recollections, I instantly liked this movie just for this, this, like, feeling alone was, okay, we got that fable, fairy tale kind of vibe with the narration Got the Beauty and the Beast music. Mm-hmm. And we got these adorable, like, capes. Red and cloaks. Costumes, yes. Like, it has that fantastical element where yeah. I do think this could be considered a fantasy movie, um, you know, in some respects. Mm-hmm. But the magic chocolate. The chocolate. And they just roll up and they meet the dame. <laughs> the dame, Judah Dench. I, yeah, like I said, I. Didn't realize she was in this, or I totally forgot about it. And she's so good. Yeah. Oh, in yeah. In my opinion. 
And I love her character in this because she's so, like, gruff, but, you know, she's just misunderstood. Right? A little rough around the edges. A little rough around the edges. Love it. Um, so immediately it kind of gets into it that they rent the, um, it was a patisserie. Yeah. And, um. Which is like a bakery. Yes. But she, of course, will be turning it into a. Chocolatia. Yeah, there we go. Chocolatia? 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 Yeah. I mean, I think that's what she is, but is that what the place is called? I think so. I guess if it was a pastiri. Yeah, and then she said she was going to turn it. Either way, it's a chocolate shop. Chocolate chop. And immediately they just start getting to town on turning it into their business. Yeah. So here's the thing. And then you realize her little girl has a imaginary kangaroo friend. Yes, named Pantouf. Pantouf. They start putting everything out. She's even painting the walls. Doing all of that. And then I'm like, so they do this every time. And we know that they've gone from place to place to place. Yeah. They've already, like, established this. Um, so, yeah, every time you would go out, do all this, make all this chocolate, get your stock up. And overall... Oh, and they also... I like how they hang up witch bells and stuff. Like, yeah, they have all yeah. these, these little things that they do. Like the Mayan stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and what I thought was funny, though, is I was like, well, that's pretty forward for 1959 when he's like, oh, you know, your husband. She's like, oh, no, I was never married. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, wouldn't you? I, I would be like, oh, yeah, he did. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm kind of a liar anyway. <laughs> well, I think... My that- first default is be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I was married, sure. Yeah, I almost wonder, though. I feel like that's kind of her whole thing, though, is her personality. She doesn't care, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I just feel like that's dangerous right? for 1959. During that time, I agree with you. You would think so. Two single women, you know? And, yeah, the mayor shows up, and he's a total fucking dick. Um, yeah. Basically. Judgy crying. McJudgerson. Judgy McJudgerson comes in, invites them to church. She lets them know she doesn't attend. So then he's immediately just like... Fuck this bitch. Yeah. He's like, oh, <laughs> I will cast you out, demon. So we get the uh, repressed mayor, and then we get the thirsty secretary. Who, who is Trinity. Trinity. <laughs> <laughs> From the it took me a minute. When she was playing piano, I was like, gosh, she looks familiar. Uh, yeah. She looks really good in this. And that's when I forget her name, um, who's married to the director, uh, Lena Olin, uh, when they had shown her What else is she in? She looks so familiar. I can't remember off the top of my head, but I always call her the, like, Gina Davis knockoff, because yeah, that's what she reminds, like, kind yeah. of looks like Gina Davis That's kind of like the bone bit. structure a little yes, bit. Yes, yeah, like the way her cheekbones are mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, so we see a little bit of her... And in the town, she's like the crazy lady. Muttering um, to herself. And then they show, and then I don't remember this, but they're always, because as we go through the movie, there's like the one cool group. And it's like that few townspeople who have like been chill with her from the yeah, beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's the one lady who buys the chocolate nibs so her and her husband can fuck. <laughs> My agri chocolates. <laughs> And I, <laughs> I love them, though. They're a little, like, you know, side plot line yeah, things. So I, cute. Yeah, I like them, too. That was cute. But I like and them. Like, at the end of the movie, and he's, like, stuffing his pockets full of them, because he's like, giggity, giggity. <laughs> yes, he really is. But in that first um, initial scenes in the beginning when they introduce her, and she's, like, scrubbing, like, their bathroom yeah. and stuff. And he's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, and they're, like, walking around like they're... 
whatever their home, I guess. But does that place not look fucking filthy? And I'm like, what the fuck she's scrubbing? <laughs> yeah. Like, the whole place is like a fucking dirt pit. Like, what you been doing all day, lady? <laughs> yeah. You just now scrubbing the bathroom? I know. She's like, she looks filthy. Like, she's been cleaning all day. But I'm like, what have you been cleaning? Because that place looks gross. <laughs> well, if it's anything like my house, it soon, like, you're two steps forward, three steps back kind of thing. <laughs> Um, and then, so that was, like, two of the cool people. And then, again, they, you get uh, the Gina Davis. <laughs> and then, also, we get um, the Widow. Yeah. And then you find out later that she's been in mourning. Since, 42 years. Since 1917. Yeah, I did yeah. that. 42 years. Oh, my God. Like... <laughs> and then her, I think that was part of her, like, I don't know if that was her friends that was yeah. with her. They were like, no, no. Do not look at men, no. Yeah, like the widow play. <laughs> yeah. But this is where I'm like, okay, so they're in the in mourning, and that's like a big Catholic thing, too, you know, um, can be like that. For the rest of your life? But that's where the secretary... Yeah, nobody... She's, she's in mourning, mourning, but she's not wearing all well, black... Well, the old man said she took it really hard. Mm. So I guess that's why she's been in mourning so okay, long. Okay, okay. Well... Yeah, and, of course, the old man with the dog. Yeah. So it's kind of like, and Judy Dench, of course. Always. She's always mm-hmm. going to be cool. <laughs> <laughs> she's never not cool. And the grandson. Yeah. Oh, I loved him in this movie. When you first get your intro to him, he's, like, drawing some, like, fucked up shit. And then I'm thinking, all right, this is how you get serial killers. <laughs> But he's just into horror. Yeah, but that's, you realize this isn't that kind of movie. <laughs> he's not killing the animals. He's just drawing the dead ones mm-hmm. like he's just using them as reference pictures. well yeah because his, and his mother's like locking him away all the yeah, time so, so what else has he got to do exactly use his imagination he has to have some way to express himself damn it <laughs> he's likes to draw monsters okay? she's killing him he feels dead inside yeah he's got to express <laughs> it somehow she's smothering him to mm-hmm. death and so they open up. Uh, and he's still so, like, sweet and polite. And, I know. Like, so nice. And they're, like, fully open for business. And then people like his mom aren't, like, going in. Because, oh, my God, it's Lent. Right. And, and then the mayor even starts going around town. And I like how he goes to the women's salon to talk shit about to another gossip. woman. Yeah. To gossip. To go and run then, his mouth And then the tell salon. them that, like, you know, oh, she don't have a baby daddy or whatever. Yeah. Like, or illegitimate. She's illegitimate. And and then he also tells the priest that like oh he needs he needs to get to know his enemy, and um, and then he's writing the sermons essentially. I'm like so what what does the mayor have to know about the sermons exactly? And this is where honestly I think this movie like reflects almost very today and modern oh yeah very modern political climate it totally did yeah and and how these like. These people who talk this shit and instigate all this stuff, but then they don't ever take any responsibility for it when people listen to them. Right. Like, we see that all the time right now. To be a little more, I mean, I hate to be this serious on this podcast, but in the part where he's othering the the river folk, mm-hmm. as I am calling them. Yeah. The <laughs> and, travelers. Yes, the travelers. Like, he's othering them, saying things need to be done about it. He's literally calling this woman his enemy you right know, like, for no reason other than she's just living her life right and, and not to his catholic christian standards and not bothering anybody yeah than just selling them some chocolate right <laughs> but but that's a big issue and so it's so much so 
that a man burns down, you know, something, and then the, then he acts like he's horrified that someone would take his words that way. Right, that would take like, his advice. That to me, after this this watch, because I hadn't gaslighting. I hadn't watched this movie um, probably in like maybe a eight years. Mm-hmm. But this rewatch, I really was like, oh, damn. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and that's where I guess I get where some critics might, yeah, say that it was like self-congratulatory about that. But I didn't get that. I felt like it expressed it in a, a good way. Like yeah. the story. Brought it to light mm-hmm. of like, because at the end when the priest like finally gets his sermon back, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, preach about actual kindness. What the church was supposed to be about, wasn't yeah, it? Right. Actual kindness towards your fellow man. Exactly. What? Yeah. blowing. Because this rewatch, what I really got out of it, and especially like we said so much with the mayor, and like you realize how much he is a part of this story um, of being the villain. And that basically, because you find out right away that he is married, um, that his wife is supposed to be in Venice. Um, but they make for it quite, like two years. Yeah, they make it quite she's clear been gone for a long time. That she's like left his ass, yeah. and he does not want to come to terms with it. So this movie basically tells us that, like, instead of a repressed white man just crying and getting over his wife leaving him, he has to uh, oppress and control an entire town, right? And they're in the people. name of tranquility. Yeah, yeah. So you might as well be drugging them if you want them that tranquil. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so, I, I think the most frustrating part uh, with this rewatch for me, too, was knowing that he really didn't get his. Come up. Yeah. Hence. All he had to do was eat some humble pie because they caught him. Well, because, like, um, you know, happens in real life. Like, somebody like that takes a tumble the person you've been prosecuting the whole time is like, oh, we forgive you. you yeah. Know? Well, and then not They'll only be that, the bigger person. was the guy who actually listened to the mayor. Oh, no, he was told never to come back and he right. had to leave. Yeah. But it was okay for the mayor. Like, that's what bothered right. me. Well, because he didn't beat his wife. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> that oh, <laughs> that no. you know of. She, she left his ass. Exactly. <laughs> Maybe that's why. <laughs> I know at one point... They show him where he's just, like, slicing up her dresses. Yeah, that's not creepy at all. Fucking weirdo. She left and left all her dresses? Are you sure she ain't dead? (laughs) Did he bury her beneath that cobblestone street? (laughs) Yeah, has anybody seen her leave? Why would she leave all of her clothes? She was in a real big hurry to get away from his ass. (laughs) <laughs> and it and it gets to the point where he even basically like someone mentions they're like, it's forbidden like he literally forbids people from going to the chocolate shop at one point yeah oh the i think it was the boy the little boy says that it's forbidden or whatever like yeah like the guy is such a dick and i just don't feel like he needs a needed or deserved the redemption arc uh, yeah. quote unquote that like he gets you know and like a and trinity was uh way too good for him he didn't deserve her. Exactly. And I like how even when he's supposed to be trying to turn over the abusive husband and, you know, make him change a new leaf or whatever. And then even he's talking about, oh, you know, she was a, basically she was a no good woman because her father had collaborated with the Nazis, mm, you know. Oh, that's and what like, it was. I, yeah. I and, say something about the Nazis, but I yeah. And this is supposed to be like 15 years after the war. And all of these people were old enough to have survived and lived during, you know, this right. horrible thing that happened. Um, 
so that's why it's even more crazy that the townspeople would be okay with like basically letting another Nazi just tell them what to do. Because that's how it's like the uh, analogy of boiling a frog, you know, like you don't know. Oh yeah, yeah, I guess it so. Just gets a little bit warmer. Yeah, in there, so you don't know you're being boiled. I get yeah, and it just escalates and escalates, mm-hmm. and I guess essentially that is what he's doing um, to the townspeople the whole time. Yeah, and it's so, been sounding like that for generations. Cause yeah, he, his family's been the uh, people being the mayor, and mm-hmm. he's. It probably it sounds like everybody in this town has some kind of like really bad trauma yeah i was like this is like very repressed trauma going on here like everybody needs a therapist this is a generational cycle it's a generational trauma that's (laughs) exactly what it is (laughs) i was like they need a good cleansing (laughs) yeah and i love when she confronts him though finally when she's like hearing all this stuff eventually and then knowing that like he's saying because um rumor mill longer and uh, what is it josephine yeah yeah she comes and she basically finally like tells her like hey he's going around like talking shit about you constantly yeah. you know um because they finally have uh their close scene and that was another thing that really resonated with me um was that this is a very like uh female centric uh movie like female relationships yeah. you know and being there for each other of how she helps like josephine get out of her abusive marriage teaches her how to make chocolate yeah gives her helps her with a skill and, and gives her her confidence you mm-hmm. know and autonomy back so i just really like that i really like that and i love that josephine ended up by herself i love that she didn't end up with a man mm-hmm. uh, and then she had the cafe i thought that was awesome yes yes for sure so she knows um, how to run her own business now she's like her own woman yes yeah she's happy with herself and she's created the life she wants and she's not cowering in fear and Mm -hmm. and you know having these like symptoms of of mental illness yeah (laughs) she had a little uh ptsd and everybody just thought she was crazy yeah so the backstory they do throw in there finally because the daughter is always Anouk is her name in the mm-hmm. the movie always asking for the the story of grandma and grandpa. Yeah, what is her name? Vienne or is it Vivian? It's Vienne. Oh, Vienne, right? Vienne. Uh, so Vienne, I like how she's always like, oh no, like. This is the one thing I never got clear because we do find out that she carries her mother's ashes with her everywhere. And she seems to have this relationship with the mom that you don't really get the full story. Sounds like, once again, generational trauma. Yes. And like, mama, it's okay, mama. Okay, mama, we'll leave, mama. Like, yeah. and then her daughter starts doing the same thing. Mm-hmm, I was exactly. like, ooh, this is uncomfortable. Yeah. And I know, <laughs> That right? was a little uncomfortable for me to watch. It was. And she's like, put your jacket on yourself, then. Yeah. I was like, ooh. Like, I have to leave. We have to leave. Like, always leaving. Like, it was finally that culmination. And then when she was even before talking to her mother's ashes, like, just in her little urn thing. Right. And and that was where I wish they would have shown a little, like, we get the backstory of Grandma and Grandpa. So you find out that he was, like, a British pharmacist guy. And he was on an expedition to South America to study the medicinal effects mm-hmm. of cacao. Cacao. <laughs> cacao. All I can think of is, like, Lightning McQueen. (laughs) (laughs) Cacao. (laughs) And there he met a a woman who was part of a... I don't remember what they called them exactly, but they were the Wanderers. Mm -hmm. And they are people who also... um, I'm a wanderer. Yeah, ride, wander, ride around wander, with the wind, wander, basically. Yeah. And they disperse... Whichever way the wind blows. Their cacao uh, recipes... 
and uh, kind of like magic, basically. Yeah. Almost like a healer. Medicinal, yeah, yeah. healing. Medicine Ma- woman, kind yes, of. Yes, Madison woman. Madison. Madison woman. <laughs> Madison. <laughs> That's fancy. And this is where I'm like, man, I really need to read the book. Because I feel like they probably had something a little mm-hmm. more to do with Go the grandmother. Depth, or, yeah. yeah, in depth with kind of that. Yeah, I'll have to add that to my reading list. Oh, but... they should come back out with it as a miniseries. Ooh. <laughs> I would be super. <laughs> I know, I would too. <laughs> more in depth. <laughs> I did like, I wrote this down, when they're at the, um, sitting, all sitting in the church pew, mm-hmm. and then Doc Ock <laughs> looks back over his shoulder like John Candy in the yeah, cab. Yes, he does when you can hear the rustling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, that was so funny. I just, he's such a terrible character, but I think um, Melina, the actor, did an amazing job. I really enjoy his acting, actually. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah I think I really hated him in this movie yeah, yes. for the way he was acting. And it's so funny because right after I watched this movie, um, oh, God, I don't remember what streaming app it was on. But there was also an advertisement for, it looks like some kind of, like, possible, like, mystery, like, thriller TV show that he's in. Mm, So, I'm going to have to, I was being like, (laughs) I'm going to have to look into this. I'm going to have to look that Mm -hmm. up. So, interested, interested. And I do like how he basically is, he, my fair lady's the wife beater. He's, like, training him to, like... (laughs) (laughs) To, like, be a a person, basically. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> so this is when they start doing that. I'll too. make a man out of you. <laughs> like insert Mulan. Like right. Montage Except scene. once an abuser, always an abuser. <laughs> yes. And this whole time too, he has been depriving himself of essentially everything. For like, Lent, yeah, he's been fasting, barely yes, eating, they, they sniffing the, jelly jars. <laughs> yeah, they have the, the lemon water scene, and then he's like, it's like hot, he drinks, yeah, he spits it all up. I'm like, I drink hot lemon water um, most mornings, bro. It's not that difficult. <laughs> <laughs> he's just like losing it. And this is the thing, like I said, I, um, uh, I was part of the Catholic Church at one point in my life, and I went to a Roman Catholic Church. Like, it wasn't, you know, any whatever newfangled like i mean <laughs> i don't know what you want they were not loosey-goosey you know yeah, with those, it was pretty by goals. the book yeah it was pretty by the book i know because i had to go with you <laughs> a couple times and i was a catholic but i still had to go up there for communion <laughs> with my arms crossed like no no you were othered i'm othered don't look at me i'm like why can't i just stay in my seat no no you still have to go parade <laughs> Well, up front that you're not Catholic. Well, yeah, bless you, Jessica. <laughs> but I don't remember Lent being that intense, even for us. I mean, uh, granted, I was a child doing it, though. Like, it was, for me, yeah. you know, like, younger ages, so maybe... As an adult, you're you're required to give up something for 40 days, hard. Well, you know? yeah, no, even as a kid, we were, too, though. But I, it wasn't everything. Like, that no, was No, 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 it was, yeah. like, chocolate or Yeah, whatever, you were supposed to or... give up, like, your, your one biggest temptation I, isn't that what was my understanding fish on fridays isn't that is that for lent or is well, that that's like else? an all the time thing oh, yeah okay. we just didn't eat uh red meat on fridays at all so we finally get as you said um pretty far like oh, well over an hour into the movie and they um introduce the what they call river rats mm-hmm. um so these people are known to be travelers 
okay, they just park in your town, hang out for a little while, and leave, And right? buy goods at your town. Yeah, bring money into the local Sell economy. and, yeah, they're selling wares and buying stuff from your town, so how is that a bad thing? So they make a whole damn, like, city council meeting <laughs> about the people who are not going to stay in your community anyway. Right. Like, why bother? Like, they made it worse for no reason. Because they were moving out soon anyway. You know they're nomadic. They're not going to set up camp there forever. No, they're not going to be there forever at all. So, you're just wasting your time. If you don't want to give them business, then don't give them business. And you're kind of isolated here in this town. Do you think you would want something like goods from other places? Yeah. Well, because then it breaks up their tranquility. Oh, true. We can't have exotic wares. (laughs) (laughs) Everything has to be bland and vanilla. So either way, the river folk are chilling, just minding their business. They just want to come into town and get a little soda water every now and then. Get laid. Yeah. <laughs> so they have this whole boycott immortality that they do and hang up things in their business windows. And of course, our good old chocolate lady, she ain't going to do that. Of course not. Yeah, she's going to welcome them in with open arms. Um, so now, not only um, is she running around with chocolate on lint and having illegitimate children running the streets. She has imaginary friends. Yes, well, <laughs> that dares to have an imagination. Now she also has a river man mm-hmm. fixing her door. Fixing, and I loved when he said, um, I'll come around sometime, get that squeak out of your door. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah, you will. Oh, yeah. <laughs> get the squeak out of my door anytime. So things have been going fairly well for them, but this is when it starts catching up. And Abuser Man ends mm-hmm. up showing up. Isn't he from the Big Lebowski? <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, it just he's hit me. Like, I was like, oh, my nihilist. God, he's a nihilist. <laughs> always starting some shit, isn't he? <laughs> That's exactly what Andrew said. He was like, he's always a bad guy. Because <laughs> he's a fucking nihilist. And that's when they uh, beat his ass and throw him in the town square, <laughs> luckily, because he was like straight up choking her at one point. Yeah. This scene to me was actually very intense rewatching yeah, it. Yeah. Especially if you've grown up around any kind of violence mm-hmm. or have been in a violent situation. Um, it was almost triggering. Yeah, so I know. I, I, I know. It was way more intense than I was expecting it yes, to be. it was more intense than I remembered and also made me, yeah, like have extreme like, whoo, like, yeah. uh, you know, you know that feeling and to be around stuff like that or, or witnessing something like that. It was, yeah, it was a little much. So just to our listeners, if you haven't seen this movie um, and you're listening to this before you've seen it, I'm going to give you a heads up about that because it, it was kind of an intense scene yeah. to, for sure to watch and could be very upsetting yeah. to, to some people. It could people. totally be triggering to somebody. Yeah. Later, also, we get the kind of climactic, uh, not overly climactic, but um, where Judy Dench's daughter, like, finally sees that the boy's been hanging out in the the chocolate shop and everything, and we find out she's diabetes. Yeah, diabetes. (laughs) And she's been eating, like, two cups of hot chocolate. And it's, like, pure... It's, like, pure chocolate. Pure chocolate. Which, by the way... This ain't no Swiss Miss Mix. (laughs) No. But I am totally going to do that because is there anything that looked so good to me having 
Hot chocolate ladled into a teacup? How fancy. I know, right? Totally going to do that this winter. We should definitely do that for like Christmas Eve. Yes. Because <laughs> I've got some recipes and you have it in the crock pot. Yes. So it's, it's like, mm. <laughs> Sounds delicious. I know. We'll just skip the alcohol this year and just do hot chocolate. The daughter is very upset with the uh, the the dame <laughs> for yeah being diabetic. Takes the boy out. Um, the mayor has gone, you know, like I said, on his full like boycotting um, immorality, and he's just being really blatant now to everyone about like fuck this chocolate bitch. <laughs> exactly. I fucking hate her. Um, You're a sinner if you like her or whatever. Don't buy nothing from yeah, her. Yeah, and he like full on now gets the entire town to turn. And then this is where she realized something's up when even a uh, homeboy with a dog doesn't show up, right. you know, and then she knows, like, because he was one of the cool, you know, he yeah. was one of the cool guys. So now, though, she gets, like, genuinely upset about it. But I'm like, you've been, like, this whole time, like you said, day one, you're like, nope, illegitimate kid. Like, yeah, nope, right. this is who I am. Like, eventually you know how these people are there's gonna be some kind of consequences i'm not saying she's deserving of them right but i'm just saying like you've been poking the bear don't the be surprised time. yeah like i just don't when understand it happens why they have her being like extra upset about it like if anything it should she should just be like oh well i saw this coming it's like when your cat walks between your legs and then you step on him and he is very surprised. Yes. <laughs> like, and same thing again with the comte or mayor, whatever. Oh, is. yeah. I liked how they were like, like, Count Dooku? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Count, you know? <laughs> I was going to say the Count. They were like, like, Count of Monte Cristo? And I was like, but on my subtitles, it's D-O-M-T-E is how they're spelling it. Well, I think that's the French. Oh, C-O-M. I think that's the French oh. word for, for count. Like, I think that's what it is. I don't speak French. I was French. like, count. Yeah. The count of, yeah, like, the I think that's the French way. For us, it would be the Count of Monte Cristo. For them, it'd probably be that word. Yeah. <laughs> that that, that <one>. word. <laughs> Um, so much like uh, the last movie we watched in Beautician and the Beast, how do you solve your problems? You throw a party. Exactly. <laughs> but I do, I love this aesthetic. I've, I've always wanted to have a nice, like, outdoor dinner party. Dining. Yeah, yes, Me yes. Too. With the lights and... And this movie, like I said, when I first saw this movie, I was, like, early teen, is what, like, really, like, that outdoor... Okay, what did I call it? The sensual, indulgent chocolate dinner party. Like, and just the way it looks, the backyard, Mm -hmm. the setup, the flowers, like, everything. Because it's, like, shabby chic. Yes. Is that not the most cozy scene? Yes. I know. I love that. And then when they go to the... The river and yes, like the, for the party party. And the boats yes. have lights on them and there's like singing and dancing. Like, I want a party yeah. like that. This is the most magical. Like, I love this. It's some yeah. of my favorite parts. It is. It's magical. It's, it's so like... beautiful. And the music throughout the movie, I did really like. I'm wondering if it's like. I really like like a bossa nova. So I'm, but I don't know if that's what well, you would call when they were this, playing like a French when, bossa nova. Maybe maybe. Or? But when they're on the boat, that almost sounded like New Orleans music to me. Like, it sounded like down on the bayou music. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yes, and then this is when they uh, <laughs> they have the actual romance. Because like I said, this movie, it, they really advertise it as a ra- romance movie, but it's so much more than that. And the romance doesn't even begin until almost, almost the, the end. end. Yeah. Um, and I enjoy a good movie like that, because I feel like Under the Tuscan Sun was very much like that, mm-hmm. too. You know, they don't introduce you to the man she's going to be with until, until the, the very, very end. end. Yeah. But now they do the sensual dancing, and <laughs> the party ends... And this is where you have the boat tent sex. The boat tent sex. And I was like, oh, boat tent. <laughs> but there was like a downstairs to it. And it looked more scary yeah. than romantic. Like, like I was expecting to see blood splatter. <laughs> yes. It felt like a perfect, like, yeah. like killing, killing <laughs> tent. Killing tent is what I got more Dexter Yeah, vibes exactly. Than sexy vibes inside this boat. Yeah, that's why I got the same feeling. <laughs> Judy Dench dies. Mm hmm. Uh, very sad. I was like, poor Luke, her grandson. I know. Like, he hasn't been through enough, and then he has to find his grandmother and dead after they finally got close. That child actor did an amazing yeah, job in this movie. He did. I found him so endearing. I did, too. And so sweet. Yeah. And he was so cute. Mm-hmm. And the abuser sets the boat oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. camp, I guess. Yeah, boat camp is what I was going to try. I was like, what word am I looking for? <laughs> uh, sets the boat camp on fire. She almost thinks her daughter is dead yeah. and her friend because they had been sleeping um, on, on top boat. of yeah, yeah one of the boats. Um, luckily, everything was okay. That wouldn't that make them stay longer to repair it? Exactly. They're probably going to be on their way the next day. So now you just halted their progress. Yeah. Dumb and then asshole. later he comes because he's like, "Oh, I can hear their screams and blah blah." Yeah. Blah. Like no shit. What did you think? You were either going to murder them or, like you said, or make them stay stuck in your town. <laughs> exactly. You You're taking ass. their houses. How are they supposed to move on now? Yeah. And that's where, uh, like, so, oh, and then now the count's like, oh, my God. Like, oh. I didn't tell you to do that. So he tells him to, like, get the fuck out of town, like, basically. But still, again, not taking responsibility. So, again, no comeuppance. No, just leave. Do you want me to tell the police? So he's not going to tell the police that he's an arsonist. Yeah, exactly. He still lets this guy go live a new life. Telling him to flee. And he's like, well, what about my cafe? Never good enough. Nope. <laughs> Never good enough. Nope. Like, you're not getting, having to go to jail. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and then so when the priest is in, like, the church at the end, and he's like, I don't know what to do. Oh, Jesus said, take this dagger. That's what Jesus told me to do. And, like, runs off, because I think he's going to, like, try to cut her ass or something. Right, yeah, and he's just, like, destroying the chocolate. Yeah, display. well, he's like... Taking his violence out on the chocolate, like cutting mm-hmm. off the head and like yeah. stabbing it and shit. Well, he is basically having a full mental breakdown. Um, Willy Wonky in. <laughs> yes. And he's. Shit out of that chocolate. He's like spiraling and then he's like basically, yeah, just being the clergy now and trying to boss around the priest and he's just like fully off the rails and i think what does it though why he goes full crazy was i think he saw the secretary walking into the chocolate mm-hmm. shop because she was going to actually help because it was after her mom died yeah and, and you know she's coming around like knowing she that fixed it up the bike for her son exactly she knew her son didn't need these things and uh so, yeah, he sees her going to the chocolate shop, and I think that's when he loses his shit yeah. with the knife and stuff later um, afterwards. But that scene 
And the way he's like frantically like the the frenzy of him like eating the chocolate <laughs> after and the way he licks his lips the close up. Yeah, I know. I know. A little little like flake of chocolate yeah, down his lips. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew was like, like, oh, what the fuck is this? I was like, it's hilarious. It's chocolate. <laughs> And then he just like goes ham, and then falls asleep like a little little, little baby. satiated baby. I know, a little man child that he uh, is. What I wrote, fucking loon. I know. And then I was like, um, I want to point out that this is the second man to like do a B and E on this woman's business. I know. Like, fuck this town. Right. They're so pious, and yet like, oh, breaking at somebody's house, no big deal. And they were like, knowing that guy abused, they knew that guy abused his wife. Right. Because the whole thing was when they show the mayor. The mayor even acts like he didn't know it was happening or whatever. But I'm like, how could you not know? Like she was just crazy. Oh, she's just crazy. Exactly. Basically, then yeah, that's when the priest like sets them all straight. Uh, because of course the pre, I, I, I guess what it has come up and was him being caught by the priest and the and Vienna. Yeah, like yeah. the two people that he was like. Kind of controlling and, and, and yeah, and like trying to control and um, have power, yeah, exerting power over both of them. Yeah, and now they're like, "Oh, look at you, bitch!" Like, and, and then they're just standing there, like, uh, "Oh, mm-hmm. oh, oh, don't worry. Well, we won't tell a soul. Yeah, keep it in my heart for the rest of my life." They gave him a little alka seltzer. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, you're gonna have a little tummy ache, you little baby. <laughs> I would have put it in a bottle form. Oh, here you go. This will make your tummy feel all better. Because men love that. <laughs> they do. They love being talked to you like they that. They love it. <laughs> Try it. <laughs> so now after church, like, so basically they're like, oh, we can all be like normal fucking people right. again and have like a festival and enjoy things. Enjoy things. <laughs> And the North Wind keeps calling, and then this is where she just throws her mom's ass out of the land. I thought that was like, perfect. You go with them, yeah. bitch. All right, mom's taking over. Yeah, but like, hey, you're the one who always wanted to go, so right. you get to go with the wind, not us. Gave her mother mm-hmm. to the North Wind. And then I do like how they mention um, that he comes in with a South Breeze. And I know. So he continues, He's, uh, yeah. So he continues with a South Breeze and shows up, I guess, every time a. a uh, it seems like seasonal for him yeah. that he shows up. They probably just travel up and down the river mm-hmm. selling their wares and stuff. Yeah. So I thought, I love that. I was like, oh, that's perfect. Is it? That's a perfect relationship. He's not there all the time. Just enough to get a little passion uh, and yeah, hit the river. Exactly. And then they live their little separate lives yeah. and she raises and her kids. His favorite was hot chocolate. Yes. And that is, um, I think we forgot to mention that, but throughout it, she of course, can, like, guess everyone's favorites, and she's always accurate, except mm-hmm. when it's come to him. Yeah. Oh, and that's Stumped what... Her. He's mysterious. Uh-huh. A little bit of, mm-hmm. yeah. And in the end, she finally, like, you know... It's the hot chocolate. Yeah. I don't think she even meant that, though, because she gave everybody hot chocolate. Exactly. And she's like, oh. Oh. I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um... It is the end. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was super cozy, even the zoom out, like, mm-hmm. the... I mean, the town, beautiful scenery. 
The chocolate. The chocolate scenes. And I was eating um, Nutella to pretend like it was <laughs> melted chocolate. Nice. <laughs> I had I, Nutella and a banana while I was watching it. Ooh, fancy. I had um, bought some fancy, like, fair trade organic chocolates oh. from my local health food store. I got a turmeric spice one, and then I got this, like, um, cherry, like, black chocolate one. I ate that entire bar. <laughs> it was so good. Do you remember the uh, chocolate oranges we used to get? Yes. But yeah, so I love this movie then. Still loved it now. Appreciated even more like other aspects, like said of the story that in the past, like I wasn't watching it for that reason, you know, right. but I enjoyed it even now for that. Um, I would definitely watch it again. It's just kind of a longer one. So it is definitely, you have to have a little bit of time, have to be in the mood for it, but uh, definitely a little cozy watch. Yeah, I definitely um, enjoyed it this time. Like I said, the one time I watched it before, I was like, stupid. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But now that I'm a grown-ass woman, I very much enjoyed it. I loved the little romance between her and Johnny. Mm I thought that was cute. Um, I love the chocolate in the teacups. Yes. That was like one of my favorite parts. Jessica's favorite part was was serving hot chocolate in teacups. Yeah. (laughs) And she was ladling in there. I was like... Chocolate in a teacup. So good. And that fresh, like, whipped cream. Yes. Little dollop on there. Mm-mm-mm. And the outside party, like, dinner party aesthetic. That part definitely was my favorite in terms of, uh, yeah, it felt very comfy. And I loved all the scenes of them making the chocolate. All the chocolate. This is what also kind of inspired me when I started getting into, like, I want to make truffles one day and Mm -hmm. do all that. And I can say I can make a pretty mean truffle. But yeah, overall, I thought this was uh, a good good pick and went yeah. perfectly with the theme. I agree. I was kind of bummed at first that you picked it, and uh, now I'm. It's going to be in the rotation. Oh, I think. I'm so glad you were pleasantly surprised. I was. All right. Well, that was a chocolat. Um, our next episode, we will be finishing up comfy cozy. Um, the episode will be airing after Christmas. Okay. Um, so the next episode that we're doing aligns perfectly with Bridget Jones's Diary, mm-hmm. which, as we have established, is my second favorite movie. It's besides, Stephanie's real favorite movie. Yeah. Besides Texas Chainsaw. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like it's a very, like, New Year yeah. movie. Mm-hmm. Um, especially the way that the timeline, even in the film, takes place. Uh, so yeah, so I think that'll be a good one. We both really love the movie. We both read the books. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Bridget Jones is probably very much a big part of. It was a huge part of my life. Back of then. yeah, of our life, yeah. of, of <laughs> what we like to read about, of the kind of rom coms that we enjoy, um, heroines we like. Yes. And as always, you can find us at Filmgazers on Instagram, on Facebook, and on Twitter. And remember, on Twitter is where you can find our Discord link. So time to hit the dusted trail. Until next time. Later, Later, taters. taters.